This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. <gasps> Morning Breath starts <laughs> now. Please tell me you left that in there when when you <laughs> did the new bumper and Jessica's like... <gasps> I just need everyone to hear that gasp because <laughs> that happens all the time. Like literally, is anybody can anybody relate to that? You're driving, something tense happens in the car, like someone like swerves and like somebody goes <gasps> But it's not even that. It's for good things too. <laughs> so you never you just know. don't know if like you're imminent danger or I just or blessings saw from heaven. An elf on the side of the road. Like seriously, I'm gonna be an like elf? <gasps> It's Christmas. Like a toy elf? Yes. I don't know. Whatever. A reindeer. A snowman. Anything. I gasp over the... uh, But I have learned over 16 years of marriage to just control my gasp. But in moments like that, it comes out. Yeah. And it's so cute, isn't it? I love it. Okay, good. (laughs) I've learned to love it. Well, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. Uh, You can find more about our program on eccc.us. You can find our podcasts as well, or 321-452-1060 to get a mail-out guide, or you can get on our app. That's what we recommend. It has all of our messages, lots of stuff, great information about the church, or please follow our YouTube page to see current and past messages. Welcome to the program. Nick is also our host today who is rocking it on the board computer Thanks, podcast equipment no guy. problem he's awesome yeah. and you're matt and i'm jessica yeah that's right well it, yeah we got to say that too i'm matt yeah and i'm jessica <gasps> good <laughs> welcome to morning breath we're so happy to have you here what do we got going on these days this well, is christmas time come on gracious thanksgiving is this thursday and it's also our huddy our hudson daniel stahlbaum's birthday on November 28th. So this is the second time in his life that Thanksgiving will be on his birthday every six or so years. He's 12. He's going to be 12, which is just how can he be 12? And he he's our is. little baby Hudson. Yeah. He's a so beast, though. Thanksgiving. So what are you looking forward to on Thanksgiving? <sighs> pumpkin pie. Mm. All our kids seem well, except Hudson, seem to like pumpkin pie. So they're looking forward to that. I am looking forward to your mom's sweet potato casserole. Really good. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to make stuffing this year, too, with bacon. On top, mm, of course. Uh, yeah. Is there other kind of stuff? Nope. I didn't know there was. Not in my opinion. Yeah, so Thanksgiving is coming this Thursday, November 28th. And then also we have Christmas on the Parkway, which is something that's very exciting for our kids and all kids, especially Florida kids, because Christmas on the Parkway is when we have real snow arriving at our Merritt Island campus, like tons and tons, literally tons of it coming on December 6th. It's a Friday night from 6 to 9 p.m. I definitely recommend you get there early. Dress warm. If you have gloves, I don't know many Floridians don't. snowball fights. There'll be sliding. We do slides. Sledding. Sledding. Yeah. yeah. Sledding. Sledding See, on the I, slides. I, <laughs> You're so Floridian. We'll do sliding on the snow. <laughs> I should know about these things. Sledding yep. for big kids and little kids. Mm-hmm. Be a lot of fun. It's gonna be so fun. So it's fun to see kids see snow for the first time. You know, even if it's manufactured and whatever, but it's Florida. Yeah, we got Christmas Eve services coming up. Stay, stay locked in and tuned in on our website or app for you to be able to know what times those are. Come check it out. We'll have a Christmas Eve Eve service in case you're traveling on Christmas Eve. Yep, it's exciting as well. That's right, and we'll have all that information at eccc.us/events. And let me say, too, we've got uh, some amazing things planned for the new year. I uh, recently had an idea um, that there are lots of people that 
would not come to a church, but would be interested in learning more information in the areas that they have objections. Like, yeah, I don't go to church. I don't want to be around judgmental people or I don't want to go to church. Is God really important? Like I've lived a great life without him. I don't want to go to church. Is the Bible relevant? And so they'll be, uh, we'll be doing some uh, creative things to reach people in 2020 um, to where you could actually invite them to not just church, but invite them to a website where they could watch short videos about some of those objections that they have and then take a next step to actually come to church. That's awesome. So really fired up about that and just be praying and believing God that he would really speak to me and speak to us as a team on what are the major things that are holding people back from going to church because yep. we want to attack those head on and destroy those lies that uh, that have just built up in their mind from hurts and, you know, whatever, yeah. from lies and half-truths being, and... being passed on to them. So mm-hmm. um, I'm really fired up about that. It's going to be good. Yeah. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I will read first through 15. All right. I must say to you, read. Am I not free, unrestrained, and exempt from any obligation? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus, our risen Lord, in person? Are you not the result and proof of my work in the Lord? If I am not considered an apostle to others, at least I am one to you, for you are the seal and the certificate and the living evidence of my apostleship in the Lord, confirming and authenticating it. This is my defense to those who would put me on trial and interrogate me concerning my authority as an apostle. Have we not the right to our food and drink at the expense of the churches? Have we not the right to take along with us a believing wife, as do the rest of the apostles and the Lord's brothers and Cephas, Peter? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to stop doing manual labor in order to support our ministry? Consider this. Who at any time serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and doesn't eat its fruit? Or who tends a flock and doesn't use the milk of the flock? Do I say these things only from a man's perspective? Does the law not endorse the same principles? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain to keep it from eating the grain. Is it only for oxen that God cares? Or does he speak entirely for our sake? Yes, it was written for our sake. The plowman ought to plow in hope, and the thresher to thresh in hope of sharing the harvest. If we have sown the good seed of spiritual things in you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? If others share in this rightful claim over you, do we not do not we even more? However, we did not exercise this right, but we put up with everything so that we will not hinder the spread of the good news of Christ. Do you not know that those who officiate in the sacred services of the temple eat from the temple offerings of meat and bread, and those who regularly attend the altar have their share from the offerings brought to the altar? So also on the same principle, the Lord directed those who preach the gospel to get their living from the gospel. But I have used none of these privileges, nor am I writing this to suggest that any such provision be made for me now. For it would be better for me to die than to have anyone deprive me of my boast in this matter of financial support. But when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast since I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I am simply discharged. The, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge and so not make full use of my rights as a preacher of the gospel. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law so as to win those under the law. Though To those not having the law, I became like one, not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law. 
so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do not get a crown uh, that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating air. No, I strike a blow to my body, and I make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter nine. Do you have a place you want to jump off of? I like verse two. Even though I may not be an apostle to others, surely I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. I love that because I, uh, I think there's this this day and age that we live in that you know even twenty twenty years ago and definitely forty years ago, uh, they weren't having these types of things happen that we're having today. You know, we can sit in a room. And we can be in another world. We can literally be on a phone, uh, on Instagram. We could be um, on uh, watching a YouTube video. We mm-hmm. could be in a in a church on the way to church, listening to a pastor preach uh, from Canada, mm-hmm. from Africa, from Kenya and Africa. We could we could be like Stephen Furtick, you know, or Rich Wilkerson Jr. or T.D. Jakes or any of these really well-known, incredible preachers, we could be listening to them saying, wow, look at the gift that God's put in them. Mm -hmm. But there's this thing that we could easily forget about is that we actually have the people that are around us that God has put in our lives to teach us, to show us things, to minister to us. And although they may not be the apostle of apostles, they may not be the preacher of preachers. They may not be the TD Jakes and the Joyce Myers of and the Billy Grahams and the you know the greatest of the greatest in the world. They are our preacher and our pastor mm-hmm. and our leader yeah. and our people. And wouldn't we want, you know, the same from those leaders that we would say, like they want us to care. They want we want them to care about us, the people that are leading us. Mm-hmm. So Shouldn't we care about them? Yeah. Shouldn't we say, man, that's that's my person that God put in my life. To, that's my small group leader. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my that's my production team lead at church. Yeah. Right. That's my leader, and we are the people that God has sent to this community. Mm-hmm. Like, God's not sending anybody else. He He's not sending TD Jakes to Merritt Island to Rockledge. You know, He's not sending them here. Like. He's sent you, he sent me, and I mean you all, like all of us. Oh, yeah. Like no one else is coming. Right. And so I just love that idea that we need to honor and take care of the people that God's put in our life Yep. just better. Yeah. Like really love on them, take care of them, recognize them, and, and quit looking for somebody better. Mm-hmm. You know, we, that's a big problem in our culture. Mm-hmm. We're always looking for something better. Like yeah. something's coming that's going to be better than this. In fact, that's the reason why a lot of people have trouble finding a spouse and dating all this is because, you know, there's somebody better coming around the corner. There's always, you know, any like, minute, any minute now. Yeah. That's why people have trouble committing 
um, because they're just something better's coming. Yeah. Better friend, better community, better church, better this, better that. You know, and then, and then you get in this. Do you want to say anything about it? Well, no, it's just I think it's the grass is always greener mentality, yeah. right? On the other side. It's, it's and it's so all true. the same. <laughs> yeah, it's all the same. It's like I'm quitting my church because there's people that gossip here and there's this and there's that and there's whiny, whiny, whiny. And it's like, yeah, I know sometimes things go south. At, you know, it seems things struggle in a church. But trust me, gossip's everywhere. Pain is everywhere because people are everywhere. Yeah. And people need ministry. Right. And a lot of times you take the problems with you where mm-hmm. you go to the next church. Yeah. And so, you know, here's the thing. We we need to recognize when God is leading us to a community, to a place, to a gathering, to a church. Yep. And then we go all in. Yeah. That's why I love this verse. Like, I may not be the apostle of apostles, but guess what? I'm the apostle to you. Yeah. Like, I'm your husband. You're my wife. I'm your friend, Nick. I'm I'm Nick's friend. He's my friend. I'm this person's leader. That person's my leader. Yeah. Like, this is my community. Mm-hmm. Let's own this thing. Right. And I think that's a good point is that sometimes people do call or God does call us out to different communities. We may have been in a community for a season and then God calls us to something else. But how are you leaving that season? How are you coming into the next season? You know, we've seen I mean, we've been at this for decades now in ministry specifically. And so people leave church and come back and they leave and never come back and whatever. It's how are they leaving and how are they going into their next community? That's how we need to look at our motives. Yeah. So for me, I'm I'm always looking at like, you're not leaving. I'm sending like, and if it's time for you to go, it's time to be sent. Yeah. Like people a lot of times leave. They have to like destroy the place they came from and burn the bridges and it's almost a defense mechanism. Yeah. Where it's like, no, look, if you're in this community at East Coast Christian Center, if you're coming, you want to know, you want to know my heart is when it's time for you to go and go to another church and go to another place, I'm sending you like, I want you to come here, grow, mm-hmm. get better, you know, and then when the new season comes, God bless you. Yeah. Get going. Be blessed. Like, i Go with God. Go with our blessing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can't wait to see what God does through you there. Yeah. You know? That's healthy. That's for sure good. So verses 20 to 22 is where Paul starts talking about, you know, to the Jews, I become as a Jew. So I might win Jews for Christ. To those under the law, I become as one those under the law. To those outside the law, I become like that. To the weak, I become weak. To this, you know, all of it. And I... I think it's cool, especially in in the Jewish context, because Paul was a Jew, that once he got saved and gave his heart to Jesus, he was not under the obligation to participate in all those rituals and like the Jewish cleansing rituals and all those things anymore that were very burdensome. But he did that still in order to bridge the gap and gain access to witness to the Jewish community. But then on the opposite side with the non-Jews who are called Gentiles, he didn't follow the, Le- the Levitical law because Gentiles were never obligated to that in the beginning. So in every circumstance with every person, he met that person where they were, and he didn't expect instant change from them. And I think that is something that maybe a past experience that someone may have had in a church community is that you sometimes are expected to behave 100% correctly before you're allowed to believe in Jesus. And then third is then you start belonging. Whereas our heart, mine and yours, and East Coast heart at our church is that you belong no matter where you're at. And then we hope that you believe in Jesus. That's your next step. And then Jesus is the one who who facilitates the change in you. He is the one who is taking the old and making it new. And it's not our job ever to to insist on behavior modification from someone in order to to 
to befriend them or to anything, you know? So I love that. Yeah. Belong before you believe, Mm -hmm. believe before you behave. Yeah. And when we get that backwards, behave before you believe. Once you believe, then you belong. That's a big problem. That's, that's how people get ostracized and never really make it into the community. And if you look, Jesus, he was always accused. He was accused of being a glutton Mm -hmm. and a drunkard and to hang with sinners Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, tax collectors and prostitutes. And what was he doing? He was constantly reaching out to the overlooked people yep. of the community. He was leaving the the safety of the pharisaical church leadership, and he was going into the dregs of the community. Mm-hmm. Those folks that were like the notorious sinner, right. the tax collectors. Oh, man, they're terrible. Tax collectors are the people that literally were betraying their own people. Jesus was like, no. I'm coming to your house today, Zacchaeus. Yeah. Like, I'm coming over. I'm going to spend time with you. And Zacchaeus, the story of Zacchaeus is he was a notorious tax collector who found Christ. Christ said, I'm coming over to your house. He says, I'm going to give all of, I'm going to give money, half of what I have to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody, I'm going to repay them what I owe them. And so immediately, Zacchaeus, the notorious tax collector, turns into like the number one evangelist in the community. But he was compelled to that action because of Jesus' acceptance and belonging. That happened first. Then he believed. Then he behaved. All his behavior modification happened after in that order. I love that. He actually found Jesus like kind of like a parade of some kind. Yeah. Like it's like, he's like, I got to go check this Jesus person out. And he rolled up and he climbed a tree Mm -hmm. and he's like, Oh, there's Jesus. And Jesus noticed that he's in the proximity. And so he allowed, and like you said, he belonged immediately. Mm -hmm. Zacchaeus was like in the belonging because Jesus was like, Hey, come down from that tree. Yeah. Get over here. You're my friend. I like what you said, though. He was in the proximity. It kind of goes back to what you're saying. There's people who have questions. And so maybe if they're, they have the questions, get in the proximity of Jesus. Watch these videos we're going to release. Those questions will be answered yeah. and you'll that cycle will happen. One of the things that's a big problem in, in belonging is you're not allowed to be in a Christian community if you have doubts and you don't even, you know, if you're doubting what they're teaching in that community, it's really hard for you to belong in that community and you feel ostracized, like you can't be around with doubts. And that's a big problem for Christian communities. And that's one of the things It's like, it's okay to have doubt. Like yeah. I have doubt. I mean, one of my greatest gifts as a as a teacher is my skepticism. <laughs> I'm so skeptical about everything that I have to go look and research what the Bible says about it. I have to go find the truth because, you know, like, you know that I don't take anybody for face value. Perfect like, example. You. <laughs> Let's do a perfect real life example. So um, University of Michigan played a couple weeks ago and their home field in Michigan, they received 11 inches of snow. And so my mom sent me this article and it was like 200 tons of snow had to be removed from the Michigan fields. And I showed it to you and I was like, wow, that's so amazing. And I read it and I'm like, I just take it at face value. And you're like, that sounds like a lot. (laughs) I don't know if that's true. And then I'm like, have to find like supporting documents to show you. So yes. Yeah. And that's just me in general. And so it's the same with God. Like I have general doubts. I have skepticisms about all sorts of things. Like you're going to tell me that's how I'm supposed to pray. Well, 
is that in the Bible? Because like, I'm going to go look and just make sure that you're not crazy. Like that's just, that kind of like runs through my mind in just general. And so I understand the doubts. I understand the skepticism and I welcome it because mm-hmm. it's like, I've been able to follow Christ through a lot of doubting and a lot of skepticism and a lot of not understanding mm-hmm. and, you know, nitpicking everything. And I've been able to follow Christ and I, it actually makes me a better communicator and a better teacher because I have understanding. Well, it does because I've always said that you take the most confusing, even a word in the Bible, and you can break it down and make it understandable. And that's what I love about how you teach specifically is that is just a gift in you, but that is from you wrestling it down to the ground before you ever share it. That's right. That's exactly right. And the point of all of this is Paul's become, whether he needed to become, you know, a Jewish friendly person or a Gentile, which means someone that's not Jewish and not under the law or a person who's weak or a person who's strong, he would become whatever he needed to become to Mm -hmm. reach people for Christ. And I love the way that you're putting it. He actually, it isn't what he was becoming. It was more what he was inviting into his life. He was inviting Jews into his life. He was inviting Gentiles into his life. He's inviting atheists into his life. He's inviting weak weak people into his life, people that are overlooked, people that other people are dogging and are down on. And ultimately he was only doing what Jesus was doing, inviting. And before Paul found Christ, he was doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. He was go, he was finding Christians and putting them in prison and driving them from the community. Paul, when he found Jesus, he learned how to do this. And if this is hard for you, um, it's hard for everyone. Yeah. And the only way you're ever going to really truly be the kind of person that's open to other folks that are different than you, it's going to be through Jesus. He's the one that gives us the strength because naturally we're closed-minded. You know, the world is a very racist place. Like we talk about America has racism. The world has racism. Oh yeah. It's all over. And it's not a black and white thing. It's a thing that when you're not our people, when you're not in our culture, when you're not in our like us and look like us, mm-hmm. people naturally turn on people that are different. That's a that's a worldwide phenomenon. With Jesus, though, racism is destroyed. Yeah. You know, with with Jesus, like I can love you and you're a different class, you're a different color, you're a different religion, you have different values and different beliefs. You could even be my enemy and mm-hmm. Jesus says love your enemies love those who persecute you like through Christ it levels all of the walls that are totally normal in this world apart from Christ all those things are wrong but our world welcomes them a lot quicker than you'd think yeah. you know i i've family heritage that go like that are italians mm-hmm. and i found that my italians like my great grandfather actually was born in Italy. My grandmother was the only person that wasn't born in the in the um, in Italy in her family. Mm-hmm. So all of them were Italian. They were so closed, like off to other types of people. That when my grandfather, who's Irish, wanted to marry my grandmother, um, they disowned my grandmother because he was Irish. Mm. Okay, like not because he was a different color or different. No, he was Irish. They disowned him. Wow. Like that's a thing that's in people. Yeah. Okay. That's a thing that's in Asian cultures, in American culture, African. in African culture. It's all wrong. Yeah. 
It's all wrong. And we have participated in various levels of this. Like there's 20 year olds that are going, these old people are idiots. And then there's, there's baby boomers going, millennials are worthless, you know, like, and this happens through culture. You see it all the time, but through Jesus, all those walls are dropped down. There's men who don't like women. Women don't like men. Old that don't like the young. The young don't like the old. This All this fighting, but through Christ, all those walls are knocked down. And in our weakness, because that is our, our go-to, he is made strong, right? We can only do it through him. We will be right back after these messages. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Real Estate Services. Scott Langston, senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you how having a professional can make a difference in your buying, investing, or leasing commercial property. Scott Langston, 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Now go out there and make it a great day. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. With buying and selling homes in the Melbourne, Florida area, Pineapple Farms is here to assist you. Pineapple Farms, serving Brevard County since 2011. For more information, go online to pineapplefarms.com or call at 321-426-0081. We want to be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts. East Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. East Coast Christian Center Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. So we've been talking a lot about um, kind of going against our natural instincts as as human, like sin, fallen, to to reach people for Jesus, to be open to people that are different and to receive them in Christ's name. And the reason why we do this, verse 23 says, I do this, do all of this for the sake of the gospel. In other words, the only reason why I do this is to reach people for Jesus. But then it follows up and says that Paul would also share in the blessing. Mm-hmm. So the byproduct 
of living your life for Christ and loving people. Like the way that we say it at East Coast is we love, we have one savior. We take one step and we're, we have one soul. Like Jesus cared for the one soul. One soul mattered to him. One soul matters to us. Mm -hmm. When we take that one soul and we seek after them, we share in the blessings that God has for our lives. Like we, we share in what God wants to do on this planet. We take the attitude of Jesus and go after the one like he did. That's so good. Well, we love you guys and we will see you tomorrow. That's right. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.